Hi, welcome to Pendleton Center Church. We are the Menahem. If this is your first time here, be sure to pick up a welcome bag at the connection site or the welcome and information desk. I hope everyone will put their name on the friendship card that is in their bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need to update any information, be sure to fill out your address and phone number. On the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Please enjoy the service and have a good day. We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church this morning. I'd like to invite you to our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Flood this place with your grace. Flood this place with your Holy Spirit anointing that we may receive your blessing, experience your power as we exalt your holy name. For it's in Jesus' Christ's name that we sing and we praise and we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together. Christ for the world we sing.
been a Christian my whole life, but I've never spent a lot of time studying the Bible. And about five years ago, a friend of mine invited me to a home-based Bible study, and I fell in love with it, and it really changed my life. I just wanted to talk about the Monday morning women's Bible study that I've been a part of for the past couple of years. I've learned that in my faith walk, finding a small group to become a part of is a crucial part of growing in your Christian life. I go to the adult Bible study in between services most every Sunday. I, I enjoy the the time to spend with other adults discussing the Bible. I chose to start attending the adult Sunday school because I wanted to see what it would bring to my spiritual life, but it's also been a really great way for me to meet other members of the congregation. It's important to have this group to, to pray with, to pray for one another, to lift each other up, to hold each other accountable. And I've made about a dozen real good friends that I know I could turn to if I need any prayer requests or just to talk to in general. With my schedule during the week, it's hard to get here in the afternoon, so it gives me that time to sit down with other adults and discuss the Bible and learn more about God. We enjoy each other's company. We, we talk, we laugh, we cry together. We study all sorts of different things from the Bible, and it's a blessed time together. My husband and I decided that we wanted to start a youth Bible study at Pendleton Center so that we could try to grow that passion in the youth of this church. And so we've been doing it about four years, and it's just become a joy for us. I enjoy going to Bible study each week because it's a great opportunity for me to learn more about God. We talk about the Bible, we talk about what's going on in their lives, and we hope that we make a difference. Everyone is so friendly, and I'm learning stuff that I never knew before, but it's in fun, easy ways to understand. They're making as much a difference in our lives as we hope we're making in theirs. As a mom of four, I enjoy the adult Bible study because it gives me a chance to focus and learn more about the Bible with little distractions. I get to interact with adults while our children are off learning as well. My oldest participates in youth Bible study, my two middle are in Sunday school, while my youngest is in the nursery. I love going to Sunday school because I love Jesus. We get to read the Bible. We get to learn about God and we get to do crafts. I can learn about God. I like dance. Fun way to learn about God. I highly recommend doing that too. Getting involved in something small in a Bible study is awesome. Today's a beautiful sunny day. What joys do we have to share today? Yes. Such a joy, the power of prayer. Yes. Oh. Ooh, on the jumbotron, that's exciting. Anything else? Yes, Judy.
Yes. Prayer vigil is was a blessing. Anybody else? As we reflect upon God's love for us, let us return. Yes. <coughs> That'll be coming up in just a minute, okay? Okay, so as we reflect on God's love for us, let us return our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
Dear Lord, thank you so much for everything you do for us. Thank you for creating us, for watching over us each day. Please use these gifts, multiply them, and help them further your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We do have a couple of concerns. One is both a blessing and a concern. Waylon Worthington that we've prayed about before that has leukemia, well, he's responding very well to the treatments and they're sending him home early. But of course, he still needs our prayers. And there's also a young woman named Jenna who's 26. She's an ECMC in the trauma center. She needs a miracle. Please pray. And what other concerns are on your hearts today? Yes. Okay, for Renee Lorenz, who's in Florida in the hospital with a kidney infection. Anything else? Max, a young boy who had open heart surgery and is having trouble getting off the ventilator. Anything else? Yes, Judy. Lift up Ariel and everyone who's sick. Yes. Absolutely. Karen, who's going in for hip surgery on Wednesday, pray that the doctors do well and her problems are solved. Anything else? Yes. Wow, Angela, who has a compound fracture from falling on the ice. It's dangerous out there. Anything else? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Amanda was in a car accident. Anything else? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, you've heard these concerns that were shared. People that are sick, injured, all kinds of problems here on earth. There's also concerns that were not shared by people but they're in our hearts. You know what they are. Please hear our prayers and help us to listen for your answers. Please watch over the future of the United Methodist Church. We're having a special general conference to decide the future. Please be with our representatives. Help them have wisdom and discernment to make the right decisions to further glorify you. Please be with the leaders in our country. 
Help them make the decisions that are best for the good of all the people. And help us all to live in love and kindness to each other. Help us to shine your light in this broken world. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. The scripture today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy at the time of Elisha, the prophet, prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff But he walked right through the cloud and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This this scripture reading reminded me of a song that we do in VBS. And maybe you know it. We're going to try it this morning. It's called Spring Up O Well. And the way we have to start it is that you have to be assigned 
a part of water. So this section over here, you are splish. Can I hear you say splish? Splish. Okay. Over here, you are splash. Can I hear you say splash? Yeah. So when I point, you're going to say splish. splash. You ready? Okay, so now the way this works is it's supposed to be something that builds and builds and builds, and it's so overflowing. You ready? Here we go. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. Within my soul, spring up a well, and make me whole, spring up a well, and give to me that life abundantly. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, that life abundantly, splish, splash, the flood of the Spirit coming over our lives and filling our lives, the mercy of God that reigns. You know, it's an anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the kids do it, it gets louder and louder and faster and faster. They throw their bodies out, splash, splash, and it's really exciting, which is the way our life in God is. The scripture says that Jesus was in that power of the Spirit. And news about him was throughout the entire countryside. They heard about him being baptized in the heavens opening. And the word of God came down and said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And the Spirit of the Lord coming down upon him. They heard that he had been teaching in all of the synagogues and that he had been healing people. Lots and lots of healing and deliverance. He's doing amazing things. And all of this is going around as things go around and everybody praised him. But then... He went to Nazareth. Nazareth was his hometown. And it was the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, because Jesus was a good Jew, he went to the synagogue. And in the synagogue, the way it would work is if you were going to read scripture, you would stand up. And so he stood up and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah. Now remember, this is a big, yes, big scroll, and they don't have any of the chapters and verses or any of that kind of stuff. So he knew the word really, really well. And it says that he opened it up and he found this passage, specifically selected this passage for this moment. And he read the passage, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim the good news. And he continues on, he folds it up, And he goes and he sits down. And the reason he sits down is because that was the tradition. At that time, you would sit down and you would begin to teach about what that passage meant. And so he starts off his teaching by saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hmm. What do you think they they thought he meant by that? I mean, I suspect they thought that, oh, he's going to let us know that the Messiah has arrived somewhere, that somehow God is doing this for us. And their perception of what that meant was that God was going to send a Messiah that would be royalty, 
would be a king, would be someone who would exalt Israel, take out the Romans, a lot of vengeance going on, and we were going to reign again as a people. We were going to be in charge. It was supposed to be a political move. So they were looking for somebody who was going to be this political leader, the Messiah that was going to put them in a different place. And so they're listening to him continue teaching, and it starts coming out that, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are, are, you, are you really saying today, fulfilled in our hearing, you're, you're, you're saying you, you, you are the Messiah, you're the Messiah? Isn't he Joseph's son? What that means is this is his hometown. And that means that they know him. And they know all about him. Right down to his scandalous beginning. The people believing that Mary had him out of wedlock by Joseph. Something that just was not done. You? You? I don't think so. They were going to allow him to teach. They were, might even be allowed to read the scripture, but there was not going to be any authority from someone like that. Not at all. See, Jesus was talking about the inbreaking of the kingdom of God that it had arrived, and the people instead had a spiritual hardness, a spiritual emptiness. They placed a label on him. And when you place a label on someone, it closes you off to receiving God's message of grace. They were spiritually blind with hard hearts. And Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. And the people are like, yeah, I don't believe it. Prove it. Prove it. God, do something. Make it, make it so. Totally wrong attitude toward God. God is not there to fulfill everything you just for your purposes, to prove whatever you think. And, and Jesus is like, no, no, this is, I am telling you the truth, and you're going to accept it or you're not. This is what it is. God isn't going to do some tricks for you. God will not be mocked. God is not there to move on your command. But at the same time, it was a difficult teaching. You know, Jesus, as the Messiah, I mean, this was a new concept, something completely new, because Jesus was cast as an ordinary person born in scandal, and they had determined who Jesus was, and by that label, they had set limits on him. And we do the same thing to people today. We label people, defining who they are, what people are capable of. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, he continued, My prof no prophet is accepted in his hometown. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. Pendleton is my hometown. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, I am very thankful and grateful that 99.9% .9 of this congregation is extremely supportive of my ministry. I started attending here in 1990 as a congregation member and jumped in with two feet volunteering. I started working on staff in 1997. Several years ago, I started going through the process to become a pastor. I went through a couple years of training and, and examination, and I've been a pastor for four years. And still, people will call the office to find out 
if Pastor Tom's preaching, because if Pastor Tom's not preaching, they're not coming. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Because you have two choices, because these sort of things happen to everybody, right? Where you receive some sort of rejection, but what do you do with that? What you do with that is you say, that's not about me. That's not about me at all. That's about them. We don't come here. We love Pastor Tom. He's a wonderful speaker, amen? Okay, but, but we don't come here to worship Pastor Tom. We come here to worship Almighty God, right? And, and I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm saved. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm set free. I know I have been anointed to proclaim some good news this morning, and you'll receive it or you won't. Amen? This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the hardness of somebody's heart. You know, sometimes it's just because they don't like that I happen to be female. I'm sorry, God made me female. Oh, well, you know, that's up for them. That's whatever. You know, are you accepted in your hometown? Thankfully, here I am, and I appreciate your support. But people do do that. They do that. They try to set limits on people, and they try to label them and say, you're not accepted. You're not good enough. But by God, there are no limits. The world does not define us. God does. Our identity is in Christ, and by grace, we are not chained to the past. We are not chained to darkness. There is no binding. All of that is broken. By grace, we are different than we used to be. By grace, we are growing and transforming, and all our mistakes, all our sins, all of our failings instead get transformed to become freedom, to proclaim the good news because you say, I've been there, and now I'm here, and by grace... We live in victory by grace. I know who I am. I'm anointed to proclaim the good news. And you are anointed as well. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. Yeah, Jesus offering the river of life, floods of mercy, breaking those chains. The Messiah. This was different for the people. It was unexpected. It was unwanted. It was a radical change of mind and heart of who the Messiah would be and what the Messiah would actually do. Jesus said that God was working that way all along, if you'll accept it, if you'll hear it, if you'll receive it. He gave the examples of the two people in Scripture in the Old Testament when the prophets went out, and the prophets said, you know what, Israel, you are in a spiritual time of depravity. And so I'm going to go where the people are accepting. I'm going to go where the people are receiving. And he went to people who are not Israelites. Ah! You mean they went to someone that was other? Other? Yeah. Lots of widows, but Elijah went to the widow that was a Gentile. Other. Lots of people with leprosy and Elisha went to Naaman from Syria, who they hated, other, who was a leader in the army, other, other. God doesn't like others. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. Luke actually makes a point of putting this right early on in his gospel because he says, listen, 
this is who Jesus was. This is who God has always been, reaching out to everyone. This message is for everyone. God's love, God's grace is for everyone. And there is no such thing as someone being other. Never is there other. You know, the people became furious furious about this. It said that they drove, they got up, they drove him out of town and took him to the brow of a hill and were going to throw him off a cliff. They were going to stone him. So what causes people, faithful people, to leave a synagogue or leave a church to go kill somebody? What causes that? I don't know. What's going on in our country today? What is going on? You know, we are so filled with hate in this country, and it's time for the Christians to stop being a part of that. Amen? Amen? Okay, so, so all of the things on television and all of the things on the internet and Twitter and Facebook, and we're just lashing out at each other and we're spewing hate all over the place, and God says, no, you're going to speak love. You're going to speak forgiveness. This is who I am. Are we living to that? Unfortunately, no. We're placing others. Other. Trump is an other. Pelosi is an other. All these people who believe on either side is an other. And we're spewing this hate and are bringing people down and destroying people because we're just ripping them apart. How is it that we got to this point? You know, I was... Finding myself, I was listening to one of the cable news shows, and I had been, you know, every night listening to one of the shows, and as you know, there's no such thing as a show that doesn't have an opinion, you know? It's like really slanted one way or the other, but I, I found myself having a check in my spirit that I was getting comfortable with the way they were speaking about other. I was finding myself being comfortable with this lashing out against other people, other ideologies, all these different things. And I said, whoa, whoa, time to step back. And I put myself on a fast. And I highly recommend we all put ourselves on a fast, a fast from all of this evil, all of this hate, you know, if you find yourself getting all riled up because you're listening to something, if you find yourself getting all, if you find yourself in a position where you're lashing out at your own family because of something over politics, boy, you need to go on a fast. You need to do some reflection. You need to be filled with some grace. We all do. We all need that grace. Martin Luther King Jr. gave the anointed message of love, healing, and grace. And through that message, the world changed. That's the way Christians change the world. We don't do it by lashing out and spewing hate. But Jesus had the anointed message also of love, healing, and change. He changing the world through grace. Jesus knew his identity. You see, they're hurling all this stuff at him. Hate, 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 hate. We're going we're gonna to stone you because we have just said you are other, you are not good enough, and we're going to stone you. And Jesus said, I'm not going to accept that. And he walked right through. He walked right through that crowd. And he went right on his mission because he knew that that was the right thing to do and God protected him in that. God's grace would be offered to 
everyone. That was his mission, bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly, abundantly abundantly. As Jesus read, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me, and the Spirit of the Lord then has anointed you. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed you. And we, together, as an anointed body of Christ, are on a mission that we are called to live into today. Turn to someone and say to them, I am anointed. Oh, come on. <laughs> I am. I, and, and we turn to them and say, yeah, you're anointed. I'm anointed too. We're all anointed. We're all anointed. That means that we have divine authority to live into this mission, this mission that Jesus talked about. So we spread the Spirit's transformational power as a conduit. And so how do we do that? Well, here's a suggestion. you come to me but I don't like illusions I can't see them clearly I don't care no I wouldn't dare to fix the twist in you you've shown me eventually what you'll do I don't mind Free hugs? Well, no. 
I mean, that's kind of creepy and weird, and, and t- you know, my arms would get tired and stuff. You know, that's, that's not exactly it, but at the same time, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. By what we say, by what we do, by the way we receive people, by the way we share, by the what, who we are being expressed. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did for us? Free hugs, free love, free grace for all of us. Jesus said, this is my mission. This is the mission for all of us then. We're anointed. He starts to proclaim the good news to the poor. Well, what does that mean? That means that we're going to take care of people physically. That means if people are hungry, we feed them. If they need clothing, we give them clothing. If they need something, we we help people who are poor physically. But then we also help people who are spiritually poor. They're experiencing a spiritual poverty, and we need to break those chains. How do we break those chains of spiritual poverty? Kindness and hope offered freely. Jesus said, we are called to set the oppressed free. What does that mean? It means social justice. So the people are not oppressed in a positive action, seeking justice. The Methodist church is very big on social justice, but it also means justice as in like, we should not be standing by while people are bullied. Bullied. Children, youth, adults, everybody's getting bullied in this world, and it's not for us to stand aside and allow that to happen. But then we also have spiritual oppression, spiritual oppression where people have been bruised and they're suffering, they're grieving, they're feeling broken, they're, they're filled with fear and anxiety and worry. They're, they're oppressed by all of this spiritually, and we have to break those chains And how do we break them? By offering comfort, compassion, peace, and gentleness. Jesus said we're on a mission for recovery of sight for the blind. Does that mean physical healing? Yes. To pray for people, to be with them because Jesus heals. And they'll be physically healed and at the same time spiritually. For those who are spiritually blind, unable to see God unable to forgive, unable to see goodness, unable to experience real love. And we need to break those chains with patience and love and faithfulness and joy. Jesus said he has sent me to proclaim freedom or deliverance for the prisoners or captives, freedom from sin, freedom from darkness, freedom from all the things that bind us, anger, pride, lust, addiction, hate. The list goes on and they bind people. And we need to break those chains by offering forgiveness, mercy, goodness, our own self-control, and whole heaps of grace. John 8, 34 through 36, Jesus replied, Verily I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. If the son, Jesus Christ, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Are you free? Amen. We are free. Amazing grace. My chains are broken. I am free. And that's the message that we need to put out in this world. That's the message we are giving with free hugs.
by how we live. How we live. Jesus ended it with proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. That means a jubilee year. It means that everything that was broken in the past is now restored. We bring restoration. God brings restoration. And the way that happens is because when God's grace comes on us, we end up with transformation. It gives us a new perspective. I found this picture that I thought was really cool. It says, this picture is real and was not edited. This stone is real. The trees are real. The soil is real. The sky is real. Now, the only thing you have to do is change your point of view and look at the picture upside down. Whoa. We change, change our perspective, start experiencing God, start seeing God transforming our lives. And so we transform with an upside-down idea of who God is from what the Israelites thought it should be. And the enemy is going to try and take us off that mission. The enemy is going to try really hard, and we cannot allow the enemy to take us off mission. Now, some of the things that's going to happen when you look out and see what can I contribute to, what can I give, I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a voice that's saying, it's just no use. It's it's out of control now. There will be a voice telling you that you'll be wasting your time and wasting your energy and wasting your effort. I say, don't listen to it. Listen to that still, small voice that says, I can do something, and I ought to do it. We ought to do it. We ought to do it. And the enemy will continue to tell us, we are not strong enough. We are not good enough. We are not able. Who do you think you are? You can't make a difference. The enemy wants the world to stay in darkness, to be poor, oppressed, blind, a prisoner, to be shackled to our sin and carrying guilt and shame. And we can boldly proclaim, I am a beloved child of God. I am redeemed by the blood of Christ. I am set free by God's grace. I am anointed by the power of the Spirit for this mission, and people will no longer be bound. They will no longer be poor. They will no longer be oppressed. They will no longer be blind. They will no longer be prisoners because by God's grace, we will change the world. By God's grace, people will be set free. Spring up, oh well. Amen. Splish, splash. This church does an amazing job with this. They really do. The missions we do, the outreach we do, the caring, the sharing, we really got it. We need to do more, not more as a church, well, maybe, but more individually. Because what does this look like if it's not in a program? What does this look like if the church hasn't organized it for you? How does this work when you're on the street and people are rude to you? Or they reject you? How does this happen at work? when you're really frustrated and angry? How does this happen at home when your family fill in the blank? Okay? 
in every relationship with everyone we encounter, we are anointed for this mission. This message for today, fulfilled through you and through me, an anointing of God to offer free hugs of grace and love. And the way we do that is that we reach out with grace, love, compassion, mercy, where Jesus' hands and feet because we have experienced God's grace, because God has broken our chains. And we accept that that grace. We grow in relationship with him. And we ask for forgiveness when we've gone astray. I'm going to invite you to a prayer of confession along with me. Lord, I have sinned. I've not always followed your ways. I have not always expressed your love and grace to others. I have not always lived a transformed life. I have not always lived into my anointing. I have made some bad choices. I have believed the lies. Forgive me, Lord. Cover me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, set me free. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to proclaim some good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. So we are anointed through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit because we have received grace, amazing grace that saved a wretch like me that I can stand here with all of you, anointed with you.
You are forever mine. God breaks those chains and we proclaim that good news that God's grace has set us free. group of people all living that way. We're going to celebrate grace by celebrating the table. At the table, it's offered open hug freely to anyone who wants a hug, anyone who wants to receive God's love. 
So the table is open to everyone. And as we prepare ourselves for that, greet your other anointed family with the peace of the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to the Father and said, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this often, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For those who are serving, please come forward. Grace is offered, a free hug for all of you who would like to come and receive, come to the table.
If you're able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing, pass it on. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and you can be that spark. got a picture that I thought was just perfect for what we're talking about here, because you never know what a seed can do. We're planting seeds. We're changing the world one life at a time, offering free hugs. Go in that anointing. Go and fulfill that mission. Be filled with God's grace as he carries you through and directs your path. Go, anointed ones, in his peace. Amen.